After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday night. And for the first time in a dozen days, we are recording a podcast following a Kings win. Their four-game skid is all over. They're taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight without Trey Young, and the Kings were able to hang on and get a win. They led by 24, got down to 10, but the Kings closed well, and they end up winning by 15, 122-107, as they get ready to embark on their longest road trip of the season, a seven-game trip spanning 14 days, starting Thursday against the Warriors. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. Morgan Reagan, how you doing? Hey, I am fantastic on this Monday evening. That felt good. I mean, like you said, 12 long days, two days short of two weeks. Uh, uh, half a month? Half a month. The Kings finally see a W. Almost. So dramatic. Some would say at up. last, you know? Already did it. At last. <sighs> at last. My kings have won a game. My beamless nights are over. That was a half-assed effort. You did better in the pre-show. I just wanted to get the audio people involved for to hear later on. That's all. I apologize for putting you on the spot again. Let's talk about what went down tonight. It was a bizarre game. On a night where De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis combined for 26 points, the Kings win by 15. Well, thanks in large part to Harrison Barnes. His first 30-point game since opening night against the Utah Jazz. HB had 32 points to lead the way for the Sacramento Kings as they were able to get the win. So, yeah, Morgan, baby. where do you want to start with this game tonight? I think someone in the chat said it best. It was the most Monday of Mondayest games we've ever seen. Yeah, on a Monday. And... um I think that's a fair way to describe it because I felt like there were so many different points in this game where I didn't feel super excited. I didn't feel like confident with the Kings lead at times. <laughs> and I, I but I, yeah. that again is going back to what we have saw in those last couple of losses, especially. Um, but 
you did what you were supposed to do, and that is get the W, and you got the W with a big lead. You finished out strong. Yeah, and I think tonight was weird because we're talking about this on the pre-show. You're like, Deuce, you don't you don't feel like you're like enjoying this win. You're not all fired up. I'm like, yeah, because there were things in this game that I think were triggering for some. If you're watching the game tonight, you're seeing the Kings go up by 24, but in the back of your head, you're like, okay, are they going to close this out? And then it got whittled down to 10. You're up 24 early third quarter. It got down to 10 in the third. And you're going, mm. is this really happening? This Hawks team who has shot like shit the entire game at halftime, Morgan, the shooting numbers for the Atlanta Hawks, they were shooting 24% on 12 of 50 shooting. 12 of 50 shooting. And the Kings led by 17 at the half, 57 to 40. That lead ended up ballooning to 24 points. Then you saw the Hawks go into a zone, and that zone oh. gave him a little life. Cut it to 17. Then it got whittled down to 10. And I think in the back of everybody's head, even at the arena, you're like, oh, man, we, we, we saw we've this seen before. this. We've seen yep. this episode a couple of games ago. Mm-hmm. We saw this in the late collapse to the box, uh, to the 22-point lead that went away against the Suns. So all this stuff is just kind of fresh on everybody's mind. Sure. And I think some wanted after three days off for the Kings to just come out and look like the Kings again, and it didn't totally look like that. Sabonis didn't have his normal offensive output, no. and Fox has continued to struggle. It was, it's funny that you bring up Sabonis like that because in the postgame show with Chelsea, I was just talking about Sabonis battling down low, right? We'll talk about his rebounds in just a bit. He finished with 21 rebounds, but... I thought the way that he was battling in there, trying to get shots to go, he finished four of 10 from the field. And I felt like he was getting just knocked into yes, all night long. He was. Like they Absolutely. were so physical with him. There was at one point where he, he was fouled, the ball went out of bounds, and they're like, you know, Hawks ball. And he's like, seriously, he's going after them. And he's just biting his jersey on the way down, just like trying not to scream his head off. And what I loved about this, I thought he did such a great job staying with it because we've seen times where physicality can take him out of his game mentally, physically, all the foul trouble, all the different things. He stayed with it all the way through, even if he wasn't having the best shooting night. And I said to Chelsea, I said, you know, sometimes people don't realize how strong he is. Like the way that he battled through instilled the energy to to truly push through this entire game with all that physicality. It's not like you can just sprinkle money on these people and be like, oh yeah, now they're stronger. And she's like, sprinkle money on them. And I was like, you know, like people just like see magic the, dust. People just see basketball players. Yeah. is like, you make millions. So you should be able to take it. See, it yeah. doesn't make it any easier to take these hits and to battle through. And I just thought he did a fantastic job. Yes. Yeah, Sabonis finished with, I believe now his 25th straight double, double of the season. Mm. He had 14 points, 21 rebounds and six assists, but just four of 10 shooting. So he still found ways to impact things and give him credit where credit's due late in this game. Uh, he was big for the Sacramento Kings. He had a really good fourth quarter for the Kings. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, in that fourth quarter, he hit all of his free throws. Ooh, well, he was six for six from the free throw line. All six of those came in the fourth quarter. Wow. Sabonis finished with 10 points in the quarter. So 10 of his 14 points <laughs> wow. came in the fourth quarter so he battled through it and you know that that's where you're glad you have other guys who step up and that's where you go hb like 
Amen. Coming the last two games, I think combined, he's had 10 total points. You know, he's been averaging, I don't know, the last five games, like five points a game. I don't think anyone expected a 30 piece from Harrison Barnes tonight. He came out aggressive and look, you, you need these games from other players every once in a while. This is where like, hey, you have to lift up Sabonis tonight. You got to lift up Fox who's in a funk in 2024. He hasn't been the same lately. We'll talk about that in a bit. So you need other guys to step up. Harrison was awesome. 32 points, 10 of 20 shooting. He was four of eight from downtown. And he got to the free throw line, eight of eight at the line. What do you like about Harrison's well, game? Well, you love to see when you're making all your free throws. But, uh, you know, that alone can just help a team, especially when you're getting to the free throw. You're having eight attempts. Great job. Great energy right there. But all around, what I loved from Harrison is that he was being super aggressive on the offensive end. It wasn't just him being like, okay, let me just take this shot from three or settle from three or catch and shoot from three. Nope. He got in. He was going in for mid-range shots. He was going in for floaters. And he was being efficient. He was taking some of the better shots. It felt like the defense wasn't paying enough attention to him and had a lot of their attention on the other guys. So he took advantage of that. And I just, these are the nights when you're like, yes, this is what, this is your role. This is what you're there for. And on the other nights, when you don't need to contribute and have 32 points, are you still doing enough being a Aggressive, being a threat, so you're still an impact on the offensive end. Another thing that caught people's attention was at halftime uh, on his Instagram story, it was posted a picture of him, and it said halftime, 19 points, two rebounds. And, of course, social media blew up thinking that Harrison Barnes went in at halftime, grabbed his phone, mm-hmm. found a picture from tonight's game, mm-hmm. put it up there, and put his halftime stats. I mean, that's obviously what he did. Like, <laughs> okay. you can just tell if that. He is- did, if he did... Love it. I love it. Be your own champion. People are shitting on you all year long. You're in trade rumors left and right. I would love nothing more than him going at the half and going, oh, hey, can you send me that picture? Do you have any pictures of me in the first half? The team photographer sends it over. Oh, cool. Oh, and then he's like literally drawing the halftime. He types in halftime with a line underneath it with his stats. Like 19 points, two rebounds. Crushing it. I love love the idea that he did it. Uh, in reality, you probably did not do it. So no. I'm going to guess he has a social media person. I, In fact, I'm like 99% There we sure. go. I was going to say, you don't even need to it say was just properly. Funny. It was like, just funny. It, it's, that is fantastic. And <laughs> what I do, I do love about that. Like already there's so much of his social media where I'm like, I'm like, you're not, you're not always posting that. I appreciate him though, trying to stay active with it. Always thinking about the future and like what you want to do beyond your career too. And making sure that you're active with it. And with this, it's so obvious that he did not do that, (laughs) that it makes it that much more special. But I do believe you should always make sure that you are pushing out your work and someone else is doing that for him. Absolutely. Um, Mike Brown said after the game, that's, Talking about Harrison Barnes being aggressive. He talked, and this is from Brendan Nunes, who uh, posted this on social media. was good because we needed it in a way with our, our big three, how they shot the ball down the stretch. We called his number three or four times, and good things happened almost every time. Ugh. I mean, it was definitely more of the Harrison Barnes that we saw last year. Not necessarily the 30 points, just about, oh, hey, how many times last year did we come on after a game and go, man, you know what? The Kings really struggled to get a bucket. They needed one. They gave it to HB, and he got them one. And yes. I think that happened several times tonight. 
getting to the free throw line. I mean, there were times where you, you talked about the floater, but in the post, like he had Sadiq Bay on him in the fourth quarter. He goes, I'm going to work on this guy. I have a size advantage here. I'm going to stay aggressive. I'm going to get a bucket here and look for yours. And it may not be his way every night. And I think that's probably the biggest struggle he's had this year. It's just kind of finding like where he's at with this team as an option. Fox and Sabonis, their usage rate is up. Keegan's uh-huh. is way up. Uh-huh. Where does he fit into all of this? And I think that's been a struggle. And I understand how that can be a struggle. I mean, if you've ever played basketball on a competitive team and really trying to understand your role and what works best with you. I remember so many times, even for me, it was like, I would have been so much better as a shooting guard, but nobody could play on my team. So I had to be the manager. I had to be the point guard and I had to facilitate. That's annoying, right? You look at someone like Harrison Barnes where his role has adjusted over the years, but it hasn't adjusted from being able to still make an impact. Just because some of these actions aren't run for you or aren't called for you doesn't mean that you still can't be making effective cuts or, um, making those backdoor cuts with a purpose and not just to run through the flow of the offense and run through an action. So I guess the question is how can Harrison have more of, can he bring more of what he did last year? That balance Be, of course, 32 points. He's not scoring 32 points. All right. But this, you know, we, there was a stat I saw at halftime when he had like 19 points at the half that, He's on track for his first 20-point game since November 22nd. Again, I don't need 22 from HB. Yeah. But what I do need is just this type of aggressiveness. How, how do you get that from him so it's not just him floating? Because that's the thing. I don't even need to sit here and be like, I need at least a double-digit game from Harrison Barnes if he's going to start in this team. I don't need that. I need those attempts to go up. And those attempts being good shot attempts, right? Being being able to be like, I am still a threat out here. If I square up, you have to worry about me just as much as you have to worry about someone else with the basketball because I'm capable. That's the thing that's frustrating about him. He is a capable scorer. He's a capable cutter. He can be strong um, in some of these matchups against the other against some of these other teams. So it's frustrating when you don't see it as much and he just takes a step back and is like, I'm just going to run through the flow. So tonight it felt like, I don't know if he understood what was at stake, but either way, he stepped up when his teammates needed it most. 32 points for Harrison Barnes tonight. So we mentioned Sabonis. One other Sabonis note, too. He had 21 rebounds. This is a crazy stat from Frankie Cardicelli. Most 20-plus rebound games in the Sacramento era. DeMarcus Cousins has the most. He had 12 in 470 games. Sabonis has 9 in 136 you games. Guys. You guys. C-Webb is third with 6 in 377. Sabonis has 9 20 plus rebound games in 136 games with the Sacramento Kings. It's that's absurd. It that's the thing that it, it he's not putting up um and and that's that's the thing with DeMarcus I don't want to take away because his game as a player, as an individual, mm-hmm. oh my God. I mean, there was times we we're talking about, is he the best big in the league right now? And then when he started being able to stretch the floor and just like add more to his offensive game, it was, it was wild what you were saying, but there's, 
it didn't translate into a lot of wins and a lot of winning seasons where Sabonis, you are seeing from what it did last year. And then you're seeing him continue it and build off of it from last year into this year. And it's translating into wins, not the four game losing streak when he's getting all those triple doubles. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't look good, but you're seeing on a night like tonight. And then some of these other nights that you're going, okay, it's winning basketball that he is creating with the way that he is fighting for those rebounds. Uh, more, we should talk about her. Uh, we would talk about Harrison Barnes. Bonus. We should talk about De'Aaron Fox now. De'Aaron Fox tonight for Sacramento, twelve points, five of sixteen shooting, zero of five from beyond the arc, two of three at the free throw line. He had three rebounds and one assist. Yeah, um, it, it's so tough to see when he's off. It's like what? Wait, wait! You were so consistent all the way until January twenty twenty four. Like what? what happened right but at the same time you look at the end of this game just like Sabonis they were scoring when it mattered most when the team needed them most right they didn't start off on the right foot it's not what you want to see going forward you want to see those four quarters of De'Aaron Fox MVP like basketball but you're also we have to take a step back and realize sometimes people are going to be in slumps yeah, you just don't want an extended slump. So it, when players are going through something like this, your first thought is, all right, are they hurt? Are they banged up? De'Aaron's on the injury report right now. I was at practice the other day, and I asked Mike Brown. I'm like, look, Fox, his efficiency's gone down this month. His scoring's gone down. He was scoring 30 a game. Maybe he's not going to score 30 a game, okay? But, you know... His, the field goal percentage is dropping a little bit. Things just l- don't look the same for him at this point. And tonight, it looked like all of his shots were just short. This was not a night where he was relying on the three either. He took five of them. He was missing mid-range shots <laughs> short in, in this game tonight. So I don't know what's going on, but when I asked Mike about it, I'm like, is he dinged up? And he suggested, like, yeah, he's probably dinged up. But a lot of guys are dinged up at yeah. this point. And then... The next thing he brought up is he feels like he has to do a better job at managing Fox and Sabonis' minutes. Fox tonight played under 35. He ends up playing 34 minutes. In addition to that, we did see Davion Mitchell end up playing 22 minutes off the Kings bench. You know, the Kings have not been playing a ton of guards. They've been playing Malik. They've been playing Kevin and De'Aaron. So seeing Davion get some run was interesting too. But yeah, I... I don't know what's going on with De'Aaron. And I feel like this happens almost every year with him. He goes through a stretch where like a 10 games where like, hey, everything okay? And when we had him on our podcast over the summer, one thing he talked about was like fighting through things. I My biggest thing with all that is like, look, I'm not, I don't know what he's feeling at this point. I admire when athletes want to fight through things. I would say like if I'm Mike Brown, especially with what's coming up here, like if he needs a day, needs to skip a game, do it. Like, I, I'm about getting, there's still over half the season left. You just have to be cautious with all, all this stuff if he is banged up. Yeah, it's it's tough. And we've too. seen him grab his shoulder last game right against Indiana. Yeah, and sometimes you go, but what's one game going to do? You know? That's true, and, and they just had three days off. Exactly, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm saying, I'm saying sometimes the athlete in the team is saying, what's this one game going to do? You know, yeah. like, we're all banged up, might as well, it, this is, you can fight through it because you're not going to make it worse. You're not going to tear a ligament worse. You're not going to strain something worse. Um, so, you know, 
just do the rehab that you need to do and fight through it. Now, doesn't make things easier. And sometimes when you are fighting through things, you have to be able to adjust your game. And if it is something like the shoulder and the shoulder is affecting his shot, then you got to find ways to keep getting to the rim. Yeah. And even if sometimes that shoulder, because you need to use it to get to the rim and that's affecting you, then you need to find a way to find more power within your legs or whatever in that mid range. So then you are, you're not relying on your arm strength and you're relying on your base strength. Like all those little things, it's not easy, but no. you can you can try and tweak it when these things are happening. And one thing I like that the Kings changed late, there was a stretch tonight where they had Keegan Murray defending DeJounte Murray. And Murray kept getting a step on Keegan. He's just he's too fast for him, got by him. And it was creating problems for Sacramento, right? Because guys are helping, defense is collapsing, or Murray's taking it to the rack. It, Murray was, DeJounte Murray was a problem for Sacramento, mm-hmm. especially in that second half. But then they made the switch, and De'Aaron took that task. And I, De'Aaron got into him, you know? Yes. And, and yes. I thought even down the stretch, De'Aaron had some good looks. He had one shot that literally looked great, and it just rattled out. But then he had a big and one. Yep. And then he forced a turnover into DeJounte Murray. Mm. So De'Aaron just has to keep fighting through it. Like, keep, and I felt like tonight he did a great job trying to fight through this and try to, hey, I'm not knocking down shots right now. I have to keep playing. I have to keep competing out there. And that was one impressive thing tonight. It's like, okay, you can get through this. Just keep fighting. Well, I mean, he talked with Sean Cunningham before well they were in the locker room and um it was a little media scrum and he talked before to Sean the game before the game and one of the lines that uh sean had posted in the tweet was we have to make sure that we're finishing games the right, i'm misquoting it but we have to make sure we're finishing games the right way basically and i felt like tonight domas and fox not the best game throughout but they finished it the right way. They both finished strong yep. within the fourth quarter. Also, the team rallied behind and found ways to find different energy here and there to make some big moments happen to make sure that they were getting stops against this Hawks team. But it was really the end of the third and more of the fourth when the Kings started playing better basketball in that second half. And it was like, okay, we have so much more control. Now, when it was 114-107, I'm texting Deuce like, <laughs> not okay. Yeah. I'm not okay at that point just because I'm like, oh, there's two twenty left and this is scary. I don't like this. And then they pulled away. And they did what like a good NBA team would do. Well, I felt like they just got off to a much better... The first half defensively, I thought was really good. And yes, the shot the shots weren't falling for Atlanta. I'm not going to act like it was everything that the Kings defense was doing. But I'm telling you, I felt like the Kings did a great job in that first half of running the Hawks off the line. And when that happened, they were there to recover. Because you're running the guy off the line, you can't be in a situation where the guy puts on the floor and gets an easy basket at the rim. The help defense was there. And if that person went up and then passed it, the recovery was there. It was one of the better stretches of defense we've seen from Sacramento where, you know, they've been so inconsistent. It reminded me a little bit of how they were playing defense 
in that first three quarters against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's like they were rotating yes. over, not making sure that Capella wasn't going to be a lob threat. All these, now again, you go, oh my gosh, without Trey Young out there, well, it, they're not in full strength. Yeah. What Trey Young can do, he's such a threat, especially when he drives it in two man game, lob threat, whatever it is he needs to do. But Dejounte Murray's numbers always go up as a playmaker when Trey Young sits. You know, so he's also someone that has seen a lot of success as their point guard, and so it was just it was great that the Kings found a way to rotate over the right way to really lock in together. I just thought this was like an all around one of those team wins. So I know we could sit here and talk about guys in that starting lineup. Um, you know, even Keegan Murray, when you're seeing the 13 point game from him, 14 point game from Domas, 12 point game from Fox. And then we can talk about Kevin Herter too, eight point game after three really good games leading up to this, but it's like they all did together what they needed to do to finish off the game. And that's where I got excited. I'm glad you brought up Keegan. I have so many more topics. We got to talk about the bench. We talk more about the defense. We talk about the Hawks, how they look without Trey Young. But I wrote a note about Keegan in my notes tonight. Keegan Murray at the end of the night had 13 points, six rebounds, two steals, five of 12 shooting, two of seven from three. So again, your three best players didn't have their typical night. Keegan's been on a roll recently too with his scoring. But, man, I felt like this one of the swing plays that happened tonight, there were two, we'll get to, but one of them for me, Jalen Johnson had a dunk that cut it to 10, okay? okay? Then in transition, there was a missed shot. Keegan gets a strong rebound put back. And dunks it, and right? Dunked yeah, it yeah, hard. yeah, okay. Then he plays some outstanding defense on the other end, forces a miss, then comes down and buries a three. And I'm like, that's the type of shit. That's like, it's a 10-point game. It's a little fragile. You just, your teammate just missed a shot, and you go fight and grab a strong rebound and go up hard. And, I, you know, I'm not sure he's doing that last year. You know, and, and then to go back on the other end, get a defensive stop, come back down and bury a three, a 10-point game, then turns into a 15-point mm. game just like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. That's a swing play. Yep. That's, yep. a, that's how you slow momentum. When the team's making a run, they're punching you. You punch back. Keegan punched back in that situation. Yeah, because even when we were talking about Keegan in the post game, yeah. I wasn't like overly excited oh. to talk about his entire game, but it was those moments that you were talking about that he had. He played his defense on Jalen Johnson in the first half. He was all, I've been watching Jalen Johnson. We've been big fans of what he's uh-huh. been able to do this year in Atlanta. He is such a talented player and someone that, if I'm a Hawks fan, I'm beyond excited about. Keegan Murray did an outstanding job staying mm. with him, being attached with him, using his length co- to contest shots. He wasn't allowing Jalen to get around him. Johnson on the night, and I'm not saying this is all Keegan either. The guy had an off night too. Jalen Johnson had 11 points, four of 18 shooting, one of seven from three. No, that's fair. I probably should have given Keegan a little bit more love no, on the post game, even no, for that. Here's side the of reality: the ball. Keegan's defense just flies under the radar sometimes. Sure, and if you watch him enough, you see what he does out there. He had a tough matchup going up against Dejounte Murray, and that's another thing. Like Mike's asking him to do some different things. I wouldn't ask him to go out there with Dejounte. I maybe I give said, it a couple of times. That. But make sure Fox is on him. That that's a Fox matchup, in my opinion. Uh, I Keegan, his defense is legit. It is. It is. and that it's so it's so sad because it is the thing I mentioned. The post game was was you know I don't know why he was on Dejounte um, in some of these moments. They should have had De'Aaron on on Dejounte yeah. Murray, but it's 
it's about making sure that you're also, when you do see the flaws, you are seeing the good. And in someone like Jalen Johnson, who absolutely we have talked about in the past of, hey, what to watch against Kings Hawks. And it was Jalen Johnson just crashes the boards. He is a hustler. He is an effort guy. He'll dunk on your face. He has a bounce. Like he does, he is that type of young player. So watch out because those can also be huge swing plays and you're right. Keegan did a good job of being part of that His team squad defense. that slowed it. Yes. You know, making yes. sure to contest yes, yes. at the rim, staying vertical. Yes. Keegan's a stud. That was just a great re- I just thought that response and that was kind of pivotal moment too because I think Johnson hit a three and also had that dunk. So love seeing that from Keegan Murray. I see the chat popping. Shout out to all you guys for being here. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. I saw a couple of people mentioning Trey Young not playing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Trey Young is such a gifted scorer. Um, he was out tonight, concussion. The Hawks came into this game 2-1 and one this season without Trey Young in the lineup. And, you know, it was, it, it was interesting for me going into tonight. I'm like, I know Trey Young's not playing. It has no impact about how I feel about this game. I just, I, I, I think... I'm with you. I think with, you don't necessarily... Don't take this the wrong way, but Hawks fans, I'm looking at Morgan. Don't take this the wrong way. Like, I'm going to offend you. Okay. But, like, DeJounte Murray is more than capable of running a team. And I think there's almost a different level of freedom that's out there when Trey's not out there. For um, sure. I think that is kind of, that has been kind of an odd fit. Him. And I think they're going to have to move on from one of those guys. I imagine it's going to be DeJounte with all the rumors going around. But... Yeah, I, I, and I'm not surprised that Murray did what he did tonight. He came out and played loose, played like he was a guy that was eager to show yeah. teams around the league, hey, let me run your team. I could be your point guard. I don't have to share duties with anybody else. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's what he showed, 35 points, you know, as well. So I, he, 10 rebounds, six assists. You're scoring point guard that is managing the floor. Uh, he's getting others involved. Yeah, he, he does it all when he has the ball in his hands and he does a lot of good things, which is why when Trey is out, it doesn't mean that they're a better team without Trey. It just means that they are a different team when Trey is out there compared to when he is not out there. And I think someone else too, like I, like you said, Without Trey out there, not once that go, oh, I'm so glad you've changed your mentality too. Kings got this one in the bag or like this should be a Kings win. Not once did I feel that on a Monday night. I was, I was feeling like from what we've seen in these last four losses, every, it doesn't matter who the team is, where the health status is surrounding this team. Like, you never know what you're going to get. And you got a lot more locked-in, engaged King squad that even when they were thrown some adversity with that Hawks uh, uh, change to the zone defense in that third quarter, they still found a way to adjust, attack the gaps, and really find ways to score and remain aggressive. Just Can we just not panic when we see a zone? I know it takes like a possession It's so hard, dude. It is. It takes. Sometimes it takes a few more than just a possession or two, Deuce. When your identity is run one way, and then a certain zone that is a good zone is thrown at you, it it messes. And you know who did a good job attacking and cutting off the the zone? Keegan Murray. Of course he did. Knows how to play ball. Knows how to play ball. But yeah, I was not surprised that the Hawks were 
able to be managed all right with DeJounte Murray. They got it going big time in the second half. Um, it was 67-65 Hawks in the second half. They scored Dude. 67 points. Well, you had sent me your little notes in the first half, and it was the Hawks were only shooting 24% yeah. in the first half. Yeah. So ice cold in the second quarter, 5 of 25 shooting. So it was it was just right there. You wanted the Kings to be able to come in the third and really step on the gas pedal and just go. But the Hawks responded. Yeah. And then what I love is that the Kings found a way to respond back, which I feel like we haven't seen in the last couple of losses. In large part because of the Kings bench tonight. Mm -mm, mm -mm. How about the bench? We talk about it. Okay, guys aren't doing what they normally do, right? We mentioned Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan. Who's going to step up? HB in the starting lineup, 32 points. But then the bench outscored Atlanta's bench big time in this game. You got 13 and 8 from Malik Monk. Davion Mitchell came off the bench. He had 5. You got 10 from Trey Lyles, along with 7 rebounds. JaVale McGee gave you 7 points and a two loud ones on a nasty dunk. And then Sasha gave you 8 points before leaving the game after tweaking his ankle. What did you like about the bench tonight? Um, I, I felt like there wasn't this major drop when they were out. And obviously there wasn't a major drop because your starters were not yeah. also, also not having like this gold star type of game right from the start. So I felt like the bench was giving a different type of energy effort vibe where they're like, okay, if we can't contribute to the level of MVP deer and Fox like scoring, we will do what we can do. And what we can do is make sure that we are making those hustle plays. We are crashing the boards. Trey Lyles, like you mentioned, with those seven rebounds. Malik Monk is like, okay, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to find everybody. I can't score at the rim. If Clint Capella's down here, we have a rim protector, someone just making life a little bit harder. I'm going to find the open man, and that's what he did. Sasha gave him great energy tonight. The only thing yes. that was irritating is... At one point, he switched on to Jonte Murray in the perimeter. He went to close out, fouled him three and one. But then the next play down, what's he do? Quick release, corner three, bang, answers. Yeah. But the, I also noted at one point, he was switched on to Murray in the first half. He stayed with him. He used his length. He used his body without fouling and forced him into a tough look. And I'm like, look, that's competes. And that's the type of defensive effort you're going to need to see from Sacramento. They're not going to be a lockdown defensive team. But you see moments where like, there That's it, it is. That's There's it. the fight. There's the recovery. There's running guys off the three-point line. The one thing that I did not like in the, in that fourth quarter, might have been the fourth quarter, late third, Garrison Matthews started getting some wide-open looks from three, and the Hawks were running the same play, a little uh, pick-and-roll action with Murray and Okongwu, and they would get Okongwu on the short roll, and Okongwu would immediately fire it to the corner yep. for Matthews, and you'd have to recover late. Matthews gets an open look. I'm like... Uh, I've seen that happen too many times. We saw that in the Suns game, right? We've seen it multiple times against the Kings now where their they're pick and roll coverage is a little weird and they find a guy in the short roll and then boom, it's a corner three. Very strange, but I might be adding Garrison Matthews to my all-time annoying player list. Dude, last year with the Rockets, he got into it with Monk. Yep. This year, why? You didn't like, he, he got technical tonight. You know, I don't know what it is. There's something that just gives me the ick about him and like I'm putting him on my list with Mario Chalmers. He's making my Who list. Who else is on your list? Of, Only those two. Who's on your ick list all time? I, I would really... I, I Here's the thing. There's not... What I, is it about him, though? I, it's just... 
I mean, his aura. <laughs> I'm such a dick. Like, I don't know what it is. There's just something about him that just makes me angry. I'm like, ew, you just give me the ick. It's so weird. You guys, it's a weird thing. Him and Mario Chalmers. What is it about Mario Chalmers? Oh, God. Don't get me started on Mario Chalmers. That was more of a back in what? year would that have been with the heat 2011 yes 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 so around that time that i love lebron so much so i couldn't stand when mario chalmers would make some just big mistake when you have these star players you are surrounded with and i would get so frustrated almost to the point if do you guys know like when a loud noise happens and you get physically uncomfortable and annoyed that is the type of feeling i would get with mario chalmers that's what i get with garrison matthews <laughs> i don't know what it is sometimes you just got to trust your instinct those two on my ick list oh he had nine points and i'm like god oh. you're just hitting threes they're annoying you get wide open looks so annoying I, hector i i'm not reading that garrison matthews is evil deuce Dude, i <laughs> now i gotta look at him for real to see no, he's just he's just a white basketball player that he's saying that you looks cannot like you. just get, compare I me to this. every oh my god <laughs> dude deuce gets compared to so many different white professional athletes and it's i love it i'm sorry i, I have to draw a line here <laughs> that does not look like me that does not look like me yeah it does you're I'm being kidding. serious well who's the baseball player that looks like you I, do that one that one looks on. like this is the one comparison that i'm like Yes. My guy Murph Dog used to say all the time, I believe oh, it was him. Yes. That I kind of look like a former pitcher of the Reds, Homer Bailey. There's I, there's <laughs> stuff within your facial structure with your your I, again, jowls and your nose <laughs> and your small lips. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, way better looking than any of these comps. I mean it's not even close. You'd hope you feel that way about yourself. Yeah, that's you how you're supposed <laughs> Start banning people from the chat. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, uh, yeah. So the Kings bench totals tonight 43 points to the Hawks, 19. So that was a good thing for Sacramento. Um, and I thought Malik, I thought the Kings looked so much better when Malik was out there. Malik, by the way, went to the free throw line tonight. Five of five at the free throw line. Can we take a second tonight and acknowledge that the Sacramento Kings? 24 of 27 at the line. Hold on, let me do the math. That's 88.9%. We round up 89% for the Sacramento Kings. Dude. Are you? I'll take what it. What a moment. What is, and oh. Mike Brown what? won a challenge. He has won five of his last six challenges. Yes. It's turning around, Sacramento. For him, free throws. We're winning challenges. Can you believe it? Not me. I can, actually. Wow. I can. Wow. What an exciting time. Oh, let's see. What else do we need to talk about from this game? Yeah, I just, I, I like the fact that the bench stepped up. I thought Davion came in. His defense. Thank great you. Great tonight. I thought he came in and just busted his ass. Stay ready, Davion. He stays ready. And Chelsea Gray and I got to talk to him after the game. And I'm just like, you are such a pro. You, you're not seeing the floor at times. You are seeing the floor. And yeah, then your just mentality tough. stays the same. I'm like, what is it? And he's just like, Mike Brown just says, use the superpowers that you have. And I'm just like, oh, my God, my heart. Like, <laughs> this is a coach 
that is deciding whether or not you are playing or not. And you still have this connection, this relationship and this respect when he is telling you, you have a certain superpower, use it. Well, here's uh, that from post game tonight. Yeah, you're, you're, the bench production tonight was was great. Uh, what, what was the conversation like? Yeah, I mean, I think we just come here and try to play hard, um, try to change the game defensively and offensively, try to change the tempo of the game. I mean, if the starters uh, get off to a slow start, we just try to pick them up. And I mean, if not, I mean, if they get off to a really good start, we just try to keep that going. But I mean, I think we did a really good job, especially defensively, um, covering for one another, um, talking to each other and being connected throughout the game. No, and that's what jumped out to me immediately, Morgan. I, I thought they did a great job tonight. You know, it the Hawks definitely got some better looks and shots started to drop for them in the second half. It wasn't as perfect and clean for Sacramento defensively, mm. but I felt like Sacramento really set the tone tonight with how they competed defensively. Yeah. I, I, I love that they stayed locked in from the start and you're, you're going to see moments where they're bad moments, but the Kings ultimately as a team stayed together and they had this, I don't know, this this certain fight about them where they were like, no, we are not going to lose this game. It was like a, not even, it wasn't giving off desperation, but in some ways it was, we will not lose this game. We will figure out how to find a win no matter what it takes. And they stayed together and they stayed with it when times when I was feeling like, all right, here here's where it goes downhill. This is this is where I, I'm I'm losing faith in Mike Brown or in you know De'Aaron's energy or Sabonis not getting the calls whatever it was and they just stayed with it and that's just not easy and I'm just so happy they did. So the Kings went 122 to 107. Davion was part of my the my my WTF play of the game. What was that? Monk had a steal, gets it to Mitchell in transition, and I thought my first thought was Davion's going to go up and dunk it. And Davion slowed down, kind of looked like he was maybe going to give it to Monk. Like, it looked like he was going to go for a dunk, slow down, get it to Monk. No, decides to put it up, misses, gets blocked. Oh, it was the get blocked one. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Davion, go get yours, man. I felt like he was a little hesitant offensively tonight. And I'm like, don't be hesitant. You're getting this shot. Go out there and go get yours. Use this as an opportunity to show the rest of the NBA world what you can do. And don't pass up looks. Don't do it, especially in that situation. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And in that situation, if you felt like the pressure of these big people trailing or or following behind go you. Go dunk it. But if you weren't going to make the next decision, pull it out, do what you need. It's, you know, I think sometimes people go, oh man, like, why didn't he just like go up with it? If you don't feel it and you felt, again, yeah. too many bodies coming at you, pull it out. Uh, another play that some people in the chat were mentioning, the Okongu jam on Trey Lyles. Oh, the one where he was trying to take the charge? It was loud. I that's an offensive foul. We're going okay. the other way. I'm not even. I'm not being Homer Deuce here. I watched that. And I went. That's it. We're going the other way. That's an offensive foul. It was right. Like he was out Lyles of the cylinder. Was out of, of the restricted area. Yeah, yeah. He was set. Cylinder, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, that's an offensive okay. foul. Are you being serious? Yes. Okay. I I couldn't tell if you were being. So like, that I'm, play that play was borderline annoying. And then the next one was when JaVel McGee, and, you know, I know Chelsea Gray on post game with you mentioned this play. Uh, JaVel McGee has that dunk. He hung on the rim, mm-hmm. got a technical foul. 
ridiculous. NBA. Are, is this where we're going to go ahead and like draw a line? Like, we don't want guys hanging on the rim. Pulling up. It's it's a rule. You can't pull up. Why? Um, give me give me one good reason I'm as to why you should not. NBA there official. was no one underneath the basket, if I'm not mistaken. JaVel McGee had a loud dunk at home, and he pulled up on the Why usually, is that a big deal? Usually you would pull up if someone was underneath you. Why is it a big? Why is it worthy of stopping the game? Technical foul out of everything. Um, I don't know. But it's not. Can I tell you what my thought process? Let is? these guys have fun out there. Let them talk some shit. Let this is what what you do when you go when you're playing outside. If you were at a pickup game, I'm fine with talking shit. But can that ruin the rim or anything? Or like make the I rim mean, adjust I if admit, you pull up uh, on it. I don't know. I, I don't po- know. I'm possibly just asking. Possibly it could. I, I, I didn't, are you working for the NBA right now? Am I talking to the league office? How do you know? I mean, <laughs> don't go. But you know what I loved about that? JaVel, it didn't stop JaVel. He got the technical. He knew he got one. And he went right up to the crowd. Got them all pumped up. Was, and I felt like that was like a little moment in the game where it was like, yeah, JaVel, you're in there. When you have been in there, it's been chaotic. JaVel only had one play tonight where I was furious about. When he took a three. JaVel McGee. Javel, I don't need an above the break it. three. I don't. I'm open launch. No, no, I don't need it because that's. <sighs> I know. If we're talking about superpowers, that's just not one of your superpowers. That's okay. I think tonight I was interested that he went in instead of Alex Lynn. And that's always I, interesting. It is, but you know, I'll say this: I didn't think McGee was bad tonight. I thought he did a good job. He was uh, monk through one lob in the first half that was totally out of range and he somehow steered at home he had a couple of loud jams i thought he had some nice defensive plays and he had that loud dunk and it got the crowd into it and the crowd needed to feel a little juice they got all amped up after that play and so a credit to him for coming in and being more productive than he has been go. when he's been out there it's it's not even about being under control because if you're out of control but you can be productive there can be a place for you. We saw it last year, even a little bit more with Malik Monk. Chaos, but there was production happening. And now you've seen it this year with Malik Monk. It's not chaotic. If anything, it's not a chaotic energy. It's a controlled energy. It's a disciplined energy. And it's it's he's taken his game to the next level. And I think JaVel McGee, where he is in his career, it you're just kind of like, okay. How can you adjust your game so you aren't taking away from the team, even if you're not adding everything along the stat line to the team? And adding those energy moments is exactly what he needs to do if he's going to be seen 10 minutes in a game. Yep. I agree with you. So the Kings end up getting a win 122 to 107, beating a shorthanded Hawks team who did not have Trey Young tonight. DeAndre Hunter is still out. He has not played uh, since before Christmas, so he's been out for a little bit. And now the Hawks are 18 and 25. The Kings improved to 24 and 18. Yay. And the pre-show, Morgan, I said, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the prettiest win. It wasn't. And maybe it's it doesn't need to be all the time. You can win ugly every once in a while. I think some Kings fans are eager to see this team kind of string 
some really good basketball together and for it to be like, oh, Fox is back. I think that's the next step for Kings fans to feel completely better is for Fox to get out of this funk. I'm not concerned about Fox at this point. I'm, I'm just not. Guys go through struggles throughout a year. I like how he, the energy he played with tonight. He, Was this he's missing shots. defined as pretty just because two of your star players like uh, Sabonis oh, you know, and Fox. I, that's a like, great So let me look at the phone. If you look down the line and, All right, so they shoot, and how they finished it. I mean, well, here. here. I just thought what? the game felt clunky. That is fine. A lot of stoppages. We saw Sacramento tonight shoot 27 free throws. So did the Hawks. That's a lot of free throws in a game. It is. The game lasted two hours and 13 minutes. It didn't have a great flow. Sacramento shot 46%. They shot just 31.6% from three. They were 12 of 38 from beyond the arc. So, I don't know. It just wasn't... It wasn't like a sexy game. Like... I think sometimes... How they played against the Suns before the collapse. Deuce, that was like close to a perfect game until the last eight minutes. Beautiful. But that's... here, yeah, it's, that's not always going to happen with even the best hey, teams hey, in this Morgan, league. I'm aware. I'm just saying it wasn't the prettiest win tonight. It, fair. You're looking at it fair. from a negative no, no, standpoint. Fair, fair. No, no, I'm no. cool with no, winning no, no. ugly. Hey, hey, look. <laughs> fair. You just got to win. I got it. I, I got it. But you know what? It was, it was like, hey, they, they played some good defense and stretches. Guys stepped up down the stretch. Some bonus with some big free throws down the stretch. You'll take the win. You're not going to apologize for winning 122 to 107. And now you hit the road. For seven games. Mm. Uh, Morgan, who should our rock and soul player of the oh. game be? Uh, um, well, it's got to be Harrison Barnes, right? You would think it would be Harrison Barnes. Yeah. What, who is it? I don't know. Is it someone? Could you make a case for someone else? Maybe a Keegan Murray for some of the stuff I was talking about who earlier. Who do you have as the rock and soul player of the game? Hey, we're going to give it to HB Harrison Barnes tonight, our rock and soul player of the game. HB 32 points, 10 of 20 shooting. He was four of eight from three. The Kings needed those 32 points. Yeah, they did. Look, um, I think Harrison too. I know he may be used to seeing his name in trade rumors, but it doesn't mean it's not painful at times. Yeah. And I'm sure there are times it bugs the shit out of him. But for sure, he finished with a big game, stepped up 32 points. He's a rock and soul player of the game. Go to rock and soul diner. It's located in Sacramento 10th and S in downtown Sacramento, just six blocks away from golden one center. It's a great place to go get breakfast, lunch, dinner, but they serve breakfast all day. They do. And get this, you guys get it in January. Yeah. The last day to do this, this Saturday after the Kings game, yeah. Kings Mavs, 6 p.m. tip-off. Okay. After the game, go to Rock and Soul, eat there, 50% off mm. your entire bill. You're welcome. Make sure to go there. Check out Rock and Soul Diner. Appreciate their support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. We're also presented tonight by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors, Morgan Reagan. If you need new windows, why should you go trust the experts at Northwest? They're local. They're Kings fans, and they know what they're doing. Actually, my entire family is now becoming Northwest exterior fans. No, not just because I'm on their commercial. Um, yeah, I've seen that commercial far too much with you on it. so many people come up to me being like, oh, my God, that's you in the commercial. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing a mom. The complete opposite of what I am. I am literally, it's so funny because I'm like, you guys in this Northwest commercial, 
You should have had me being like a podcaster, showing the, these amazing soundproof windows, showing how I'm saving all this money. You know what? They said, Morgan, we know you're a star. <laughs> we hear you sing. You could host a podcast. We want to see how you are playing a different role. And that's Acting. why you crushed it. Um, yeah. Northwest Exteriors have been around a long time. And one of my favorite parts is all their employees have been there at least 16 years. So there's people who like going to work there. They're local. They've got a showroom in Rancho Cordova. You can go check out the windows yourself. Getting new windows is a no-brainer for you. So trust the experts at Northwest. You'll save money, right? You'll, you don't have to deal with people subcontracting someplace far away. Mm-hmm. They're in town, quality work. Your house will look sexy. You'll save money on your energy bills. Why wait? Go ahead and trust the experts because they are simply the best. Trust Northwest. What? You get better and better every time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Fills my soul. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What would be your Sharif Jewelers oh, moment of no, the night? No, 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 no. God. Look. I've got a great candidate for moment of the night. I've got two great candidates. I would love the people in the chat to help out with the Sharif Jewelers moment of the night. We need a bounce back Sharif Jewelers moment of the night because I felt like the last couple games were, <laughs> were showing off other players. We are talking about what went so wrong. And I guess with this one. I guess I, you could put Harrison Barnes. I think you listed, I, but I don't know if Harrison Barnes had a moment tonight. Well, I'll tell you this. I think Davion Mitchell won the Deepog crown. I don't know if that's something just to be noted. Okay. Um, the Deepog crown also created by Sharif Jewelers. Um, I think one that has to be on there tonight. JaVel McGee's dunk and technical. Yes, yes. Getting the crowd. Dude, the crowd went wild. Yes, it was fun. That was a really cool moment. It was exciting. Now, I have a kind of, I have a moment I'd like to add just because it was fun. And I I don't know how many people remember this, but Sabonis behind the back pass to Keegan for three. Okay. That was pretty sexy. Do it. So, 
Kings win 122-107. Okay. I put HB 32 points, McGee, Duncan, Tex, a bonus behind the back pass to Murray for three. Kyle but. says you should do HB halftime IG post as... Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to note that. HB halftime. I love it. Oh, wow. A lot of people. D. Scott, or D. Scott says, chug it, deuce, to your beer. Okay. Um, we have... A lot of people Javel mentioning McGee's, Slam. Yes. McGee Duncan hyping up the crowd says Missy. Should I irritate the one guy who doesn't like what I, I look at some of the moments and just scramble this up and pick a moment from tonight? Is there one guy that doesn't like we're, that? We're halfway through the season. We should pick a oh, moment. Oh, we're halfway there. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling out my hair. Kings piss me off, but sometimes I'm happy. Okay, tell me when. He hates. Tell me. Pick. Yeah. Pick to post it. Uh, December 8th against the Suns. No Kevin Durant, Grayson Allen, or Beal, but the Kings win 114-106. Fox, 23 points in mm. the fourth quarter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You can't read your own handwriting? Is this a, Jesus. Keon, what's that say, Keon Ellis Y? What's that say at the bottom there? <laughs> I can't read Keon Ellis is Something a is joking, jumping, jawing at Nurk, J- dunking on man, deuce. Come on, that's my bad, guys. No, no, no that's <laughs> so bad. You always say you can read your ugly ass handwriting. That's... My bad, my bad, guys. My bad. Jared said he was at that game. Well, hopefully, you remember. Next up, Morgan Reagan. The Kings are hitting the road. Are you ready for this road yes, trip? Yes, yes. It starts Thursday. Kings go on the road to San Francisco to take on the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, will be on a second night of a back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. They will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks the night before. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the Warriors will be on the second night of a back-to-back. Then the Kings go at Dallas, at Memphis, at Miami, at Indiana, at Chicago, at Cleveland. That takes you through February 5th. They return home February 7th against the Detroit Pistons. That is the day before the NBA trade deadline. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, this is... They're on the road for a minute here. Oh, my God. I'm going to be in San Francisco so many times. Are you Um, doing a lot of pre and post? I am. I'm doing the Memphis game with you on the 29th on TV. Um, Yeah, so first up, the Warriors. They've been off for a minute after uh, the death of their assistant coach, and they they postponed two of their games. Um, They had a very emotional day at practice today where they saw some of the tribute videos that were done, and... They took like an hour break before practicing. Uh, my friend Kendra Andrews did a report on it. So I, I saw, saw the so. report, and she also was talking about how Looney would do all of his uh, work yeah. with the assistant coach on a certain basket, and he had changed his baskets because, you know, different energy. Just yeah. wanted to switch it up. Um, Milo Jovic. Milo Jovic. Yeah. Jovic, excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, Milo Jovic. Uh, he it just you're just seeing the impact i mean from euroleague basketball or overseas basketball um to here and it's um yeah i i said this at chelsea i go 
I think they're going to be playing some inspired basketball. What that means with their ups and downs, and if they can actually figure it out, who knows? But there's just something else that comes over you and brings a team together during times like this. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and they're, they're, the first emotional game is going to come against the Hawks, and then the Kings play them. So that's going to be obviously interesting to see how the Kings perform against a Warriors team that, you know, it, it's been a while since we've seen them. Draymond Green's back now, but they're 18-22. and 22. They're not a very good team. Mm-mm. And a couple of those wins have come against Sacramento. That's so uh, I'm not trying to, like, shit on the Warriors or anything. But, you, you know, it's, you know, with the Kings at this point, it's, who knows what team's going to show up, you know? Um, but and sometimes it's a winnable Warriors. it's a winnable game. It's a Warriors, but it's a winnable game. Then you take on a Dallas team that you beat on the road earlier this year. One of the best Kings wins came at Dallas. One of the best Kings wins earlier this year came at Memphis. Now, this is a Memphis team that's beyond banged up now, right? No more John Morant. He's out for the year. Then you take on a Miami team that has had some nice moments this year. Then you have a rematch with the Pacers. That has to be a game you go get. Tyrese, Pascal. They were now 0-2 with Siakam. But uh-huh. Tyrese did not play in one of I those mean, games. Think about what the Clippers were with James Harden at first. Right. I mean, this is where, that will be the time where they figure it out is against the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Bulls do not have Zach Levine right now. He's going to be out a few games. But they have won two of their last three before losing tonight to the Suns. And then you take on a Cavs team that really, I feel like their whole year has been injury filled, but they are playing much better basketball. Uh, this Cleveland Cavaliers team all wow. of a sudden has won three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. I mean, and only so of their last 12 games, they've won 10 of their last 12. Pretty impressive. That is. So, yeah. It's the, I think there's winnable games on this road trip, but I, I feel like this is a stretch of games where it's a, it's, it's a crucial stretch before the trade deadline. It really is because yeah. this Western Conference uh, winning, the Kings won 48 games last year and were the three seed. I don't know that you can win 38 games this year and be 48 games and be the three seed this year. And no. you look at where the Kings are at right now, they're 24 and 18. That's good for seventh in the well, West. Well, they were in eighth earlier before yeah. the game so yeah it no it's nice to even look it's going to be a different year because when you look at this western conference and you look at what some of these teams not just individuals cat with however many he ended up finishing with uh in the in in their their game tonight against the hornets but you look at these teams and what they're accomplishing together and with health and everything, it's scary. Yeah, Minnesota, West. OKC, Denver could have a three-way tie tomorrow for the <laughs> number one seed. You got the Clippers right there in the mix. The Suns have gotten going. I feel like the Suns, ever since they beat the Kings, have been feeling really good. Yeah. I mean, they've been playing better basketball outside of that. But KD's been on a tear. He hit a game winner tonight against the Bulls. So, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, I don't know, what does this Kings team look like? Over the next couple of weeks, do we see some changes? Does it happen right at the trade deadline? Is it a minor tweak? I feel like every day there's a new batch of random rumors. I used to love trade rumors. But now it's like the most random people will post trade rumors. And you're like, what does that even mean? I saw a trade rumor today. It wasn't even a rumor. It was like, uh, the Kings may be in search of a wing defender. Possible names include Jonathan, Isaac, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
Wait, wait, you're telling me the Kings need a wing defender? No shit. Like this- I, I love when people mention names in in from different teams that are obviously not even going to be traded. Like they're just they're star players of their teams, and they shouldn't be mentioned. And then you hear someone like Jeremy Grant, for example. It's like, oh, I thought the Kings and Jeremy Grant were connected. Haven't they been connected for years? I mean, it's the same thing with Pascal Siakam, where the only reason why I was trusting any of those rumors or the conversations because Sam Amick and Shams were reporting yeah, on yeah. it, you know. But besides that, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't trust a little rumbling. I, I think the Siakam stuff got pretty far. I do too. And That's think, what I'm saying. I think what ultimately came to, I'm not sure that the Kings were wanting to give him a max deal. And I don't know that many teams wanted to give Pascal Siakam a max deal if he hit free agency. I mean, him a max deal and how many first-round picks were you going to have to give up to, so. Yeah, I, I mean, for the Pacers, I still look at that and go, you know, it's, I don't, those picks may not be very good anyway. I think the biggest question I have for Indiana is, was this the time to do this trade? Like, he's going to be 30. You're going to have to give him a big deal. I feel like they're trying to fast track this a little bit, but I think it's going to work well. Yeah. You see the flashes of yes. when they were out there together. Like, Dude, oh, okay, if this is if th- this is the time, you don't do it when he's 31. You do it when he's like just turning 30. No, I'm talking about, well, no, I'm saying, no shit. I'm saying like, you're fast tracking the tight, like this Their team, timeline as a team? They're, they're ahead of schedule right now. I don't think they need to make this Siaka move just yet. It doesn't mean they're, they're, they're going to be better because Small of it. windows. Small success windows. Tyrese is still young. He's not even in his prime yet. But you just don't know. Are you going to trust Miles Turner in his health? Like that, you know, all those things come into play. So that's what you're kind of going off of. Uh, I see someone mentioning in my uh, in my mentions uh, about why was Davion Mitchell playing tonight? Um yeah, I, I wasn't at Mike Brown's post-game press conference, but I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, Mike was trying to play De'Aaron some f- fewer minutes, and so I'm like, they're, they're, they're trying to throw out some different looks and, and give Davion some minutes out there. I think, especially right now, playing De'Aaron like 37, 38 minutes. I think last game he played 39 minutes. It's just too much, especially when he looks a little beat up right now. So if you could play Davion in this stretch, do it. Yeah. I don't know. And you, you sometimes think they try to showcase people, but maybe that was the case too. I, I, all, I all, you guys, like my thing is I, I live my life. Sometimes I feel like so naive with things. And then <laughs> really you just got to pull back the curtain and go, Oh yeah, there's, pro- there's, always going to be a reason there's all with anything in your life not just with an nba team but with anything in your life people are always doing something for a reason it feels like so yeah even with this i always feel like those those things play a part you want to talk about some things that happened in the league tonight how have we not talked about this joel Embiid morgan came into this game averaging 35 a game well now it's up to 36 per game why because he dropped 70 points tonight 70 points he had 70 points 18 rebounds five assists he did it on 24 41 shooting and also i'm sorry this is disgusting 
I haven't watched a game yet. So this is just purely, we do this every once in a while. Where we look at a box score and just talk about something we didn't Love see. This. 21 of 23 at the free throw line. Why is that disgusting? I just... I mean, it's the young team in the Spurs where they might have just been like trying to hack a Joel Embiid. The Spurs? Popovich did talk about that before the game. The Spurs shot 27 free throws tonight. Embiid shot 23 by himself. Yeah. We didn't watch the game. We didn't watch the game. But 70 points is amazing. Joel Embiid, honestly, his efficiency this year has been incredible. I don't know the last time you looked at his numbers, Morgan, on the season, but like... 35 points. See, that's jumped up. That's not even accurate. He's up to 36 a game now. That's insane. Jesus. 36 a game. I'm going to go to NBA.com because I want to get the updated totals. Uh, <laughs> that's a franchise record, by the way, for Joel Embiid. Wow. Which is pretty incredible stuff. So Joel Embiid now, the updated uh, stats, he's number one in scoring 36 a game, 54% shooting, 36% from three, 88.7% from the free throw line, and he takes 12.2 a game. So, hey, guess what? He goes to the free throw line. He's making them. He he's making them. He makes them. So. He's also averaging 11.6 rebounds per game, six assists per game, Dude. just under two blocks, and 1.2 steals a game. How many games has he played? 30 32. Okay. Okay. Wow. Pretty incredible. Dude, that is... Something that uh, is something, but that wasn't the all uh, uh, only big game we saw tonight in no. Minnesota. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Say it, say it. Oh, this is what your favorite thing is, Carl Anthony Towns, my friends. He really did lose. He had sixty-two points tonight Six. against the Hornets. Sixty-two points I against didn't the Hornets. He ended with sixty-two. He scored sixty-two points tonight, Morgan Reagan. And a loss at home to the Hornets, 128 to 125. The Hornets outscored the T-Wolves tonight, 36 to 18 in the fourth quarter. After the game, Chris Finch had some comments. Here's what Chris Finch said after his team lost in a game in which Carl Anthony Towns had 62 points, 44 in the first half. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. It- Let's see what else he said after the game. Hot hand, look for a hot hand. But at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected a, the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, huh. Chris, did, did you also see, I mean, did it turn into Carl trying to hunt? Like a, Absolutely. a a big number. And yeah, I mean it was. I mean, but for a while, I mean, it was going. Um, but you know, down the stretch, we you got uh, you know kind of dried up for us. But um, yeah. So. Dude, I. Hey, you, it's what no, I said a long you, time yes. about Cat Man, yep. and like. Yep. 
This You're hearing Minis- it from their head coach. This Minnesota team obviously is having a fantastic year, and these slip-ups are going to happen um, throughout a season. But this is a great example, right, where you know I'm, I'm box score watching this one, and I know that uh, we're in the third quarter of this game, and Anthony Edwards has taken one shot. And I know a guy's cooking, but, like, you got to play the right way. Chris Finch told the story with his body language yeah. and the few words he had to say. He's a smart basketball coach. Yeah. And I think if they had even won this game, he would have been happy. He's not saying stuff like, um, we got what we deserve type of thing. But I feel like he would not have this happy chipper approach because it is what it is. When you have someone hunting something like a big scoring game and not worrying about the team. I mean, it's already something we've talked. That's who cat is. And he's an incredible player. We can give him all the love in the world. Doesn't mean that you can't criticize his play at, at times as well. And someone in the chat says, Ant was mentioning after the game that they were trying to feed Cat to get him to 70. And it's just not, hey, the basketball god said no tonight. The basketball god said, yeah, we're not going to let you do this. You have to play the right way. And you take an opponent a little lightly. These are NBA players. They're going to come back and, and it's going to come back to bite you. And tonight, LaMelo Ball made his return. Uh, he played 35 minutes, 18 points, 13 assists for him. Damn. Yep. Um, Brandon Miller had 27 points. 11 of 13 shooting for the rookie in the win for the Hornets, who go on the road and beat Minnesota tonight in a game where he dropped 62. Holy shit. Yeah. That is rough. These big scoring games tonight, or individual scores. Insane. Yeah. The league's in a amazing spot with some of the talent and the, the the numbers that we're seeing dropped all the time crazy yeah any final thoughts on this one morgan um what's on your mind right now you're right yeah why i don't know do i not seem all right no you just seem kind of like yeah. what's that what we just kind of seem like you're just you know you're just tapping out i don't know not in a bad way there's just, you hey it's a long year i'm not criticizing you don't look at me like that no, I don't feel like, one, I don't feel like I'm tapping out at all. Two, I feel fantastic. Three, I love coming on here after a W. It's so much easier. I remember that there was. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I'm laughing because I totally agree. certain plays I wish I remembered because I was like, oh, I, I don't want to forget this. I don't want to forget this third quarter sequence that I'm seeing right here. I want to remember to say this because I had those moments tonight. And those moments weren't, wasn't because of an individual player. It was these team moments that were happening, whether it was on the defensive end, whether it was where the ball was moving around. And it was very basic. And I'll take me a basic win. Love it. Take a basic Monday night win. Yeah. Yeah. I Yes. I needed those three days after what I witnessed over the last week. You know, the Philly one didn't shake me as much. It was irritating. It felt like the Kings missed a lot of shots. But the emotional toll of dealing with that Bucks and Suns game. Yeah. Both those games. And then going and losing to the Pacers in the fashion they did. Yeah. I was just 
I was over it for a minute. No. I was just like, I need these days to for my own mental well-being. Like just to chill. Just to chill and not think about this team. I, just, yeah. I can't sometimes I go, why do I feel like that after yeah. so many games? Because I love this so much. So why would I feel that way? I curled up in a little ball and I watched a lot of real housewives and a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football. And I just had the best time ever. And it's and it makes it that much more special, though, too, when you do come back and then you get it. Oh, you work again. You have you work again and then it ends up being a win because we are emotionally invested in this. Um, and also, too, so many great people. There's so many good people that come up to me and I know to you at Kings Games. Um, that listen to the podcast or will just show off their do some mo gear from afar when I'm like doing live TV, but I don't care. Cause it's just like the coolest thing to me. And just thank you. It takes effort to, to come over, say what's up, say hello. Happy eighth birthday, Justin, who is there tonight too, as well. I just, the effort that it takes. Yeah. It just, it goes such a long way. And I just want to thank you guys so much because that's been happening all year. And I feel like I know I tell you there at the games, but just thank you so, so much. That's so sweet. Shut up. And I hate to bring us down because I, a couple people are mentioning this in the chat just what? about De'Aaron Fox real fast because De'Aaron Fox is like post game. Oh, okay. You know, De'Aaron Fox has not really been talk? talking to the media lately yeah, after the games. Sure. I think that tonight was the first time he talked to the media before the game. Sweet. Since the Raptors game. Okay. That was a while ago. After okay. the win to the Raptors. And the Kings had some bad losses. They've been on the road. When they're on the road, the only media there from Sacramento is the Sacramento Bee. Um, but he's not been around to talk to the media. He's not talked to the media at practice. And then today he talked to the media. It was pretty short with the media during his pregame conversation and some fans are going why isn't fox talking to me what's going on dude i i honestly don't know and my perspective on this is simple like look it's an i i can guarantee you it'd be annoying to talk to the media all the time i get it but this is the job you know and it, it's it's frustrating but if i'm fox i'm going out and just talking to the media doing what i the bare minimum what i need to do even if i'm frustrated with something on the core, or I'm just not in the right mentals, just go do it. Because LeBron is doing it mm -hmm. after the Lakers are sure. losing, falling below 500. Steph's doing it. That's part of the gig in the NBA. And it's not just about the media. It's about the fans hearing from you. That's part of the business. And I know it's not ideal all the time for people, but you got to do it. I'm so glad you brought this up. Because guess what I did? I talked to my uh, three-time yeah. WNBA champ teammate, Chelsea Gray, MVP. And I knew this was something. To, like, going in this game, especially because he did talk to the media in that scrum before the game. And I'm like, I mentioned on the pregame, and I was telling her, I was like, you know, he hasn't really talked to the media. Like, I don't really give a shit, but a lot of people give a shit. And I get it. And I'm not, I'm I not, and, and I get it. I'm, I, I'm, I validate your feelings toward it or whatever. But I just have a different perspective. So then I go and ask a pro. And I go, hey, Chelsea. And I asked her if I could talk about this too. Because I was like, afterward, I was like, I was like, hey, have you ever like not talked 
to the media, just like you're frustrated or whatever, and you just do not talk. Like, and I said it to her, like, you haven't done that, right? You know, just like, you're a pro. And she was like, yeah, I have. And I was like, what? And she goes, there are times when you just take a step back and millions are criticizing you day after day after day. And she goes, you can sit back and say, just don't read it. Just don't listen to it. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. When you love something so much and you care about something so much, basketball, you're going to have this attachment to it. So when someone's trying to maybe have a gray, rainy cloud over that, it's going to hurt your soul sometimes. And you can say you make money, it's your job and all these things. But sometimes your cup is full. And that's all you can take. And if you can't give a genuine, authentic interview to the media, you're like, I'm just going to do it when when my mental state is there. And I, and I even, so then I go, wait, can I talk about this in, in our uh, podcast? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I just, I loved how her perspective of it was, is so different from a lot of ours. And it doesn't justify him not going up and talking. It doesn't make her opinion right. It doesn't make your opinion right. It doesn't make all of your opinion right. We can all say what we want to say, but at the end of the day, people, like, you just, you, you're going to just have to deal with it. You can get angry about it. You can get sad about it. You can say what you need to say about it, but you just got to deal with it. Yeah, but I, I, the, whatever. I, I, I'm going to push back on that. The whole just deal with it. It's a game or two is fine. A game or two is fine. See, Three but you're trying. Fine. No, 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 see, no, no, no. You're, you're trying to put, you're trying to put garbage, a timeline. Dude. You're this trying is to put such it, garbage. Morgan, if LeBron so James do not doing, call my opinion garbage, because I did not call your opinion garbage. More, I'm not trying to end on like a bad note here, but we like, won't, we like won't seven. You, you, you are the star player on a team. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying the people that are saying this is wrong. I so don't understand the whole, like, you have it to... It doesn't... There doesn't... The answer is not black or white, people. It is a little more black Bullshit. or white. <laughs> Bullshit. It's not black or white. It's Dude, really not. hear me out because you're not wanting... Listen, he last talked before tonight, before the game, January 5th after the Raptors game. That's a long time for the star yeah. player not to talk. And whether... Look, the media asks dumb questions. We acknowledge that, all this stuff. Are you Okay. Just people are not fucking robots. And that's where Th I just get fine. so like, Morgan, come on. This is, we don't what? know what's going on in his life. Like, what if there's something else? Okay. Seriously. You know how, okay, can I, can I be honest with you? When everything was going on with Carlin, his two legs and everything, I was so depressed, so depressed. People can't tell. I'm trying to take photos and act like here I go talking about basketball doing my job I was doing my job and trying to do everything I could to still do my job and I did it and I don't get paid millions and yes I found a way to not be robotic and be authentic with it while I was very depressed about all of this for the last month but that doesn't mean everyone has the capabilities of doing that 
That's all I'm trying to say. And I think sometimes we just act like, just do it, just do it. And I go, well, everyone's not the same. So like, why are we acting like everyone's the same? Go on. Yes. He's, he's still playing basketball. Okay, so I don't... If there's something deeper going on... I, is he, though? Like, look at his body language at times. Like, it's he, like... like more, he's fighting through some struggles right now. Like, I'm not trying to make this the biggest deal ever, but I I'm, I can totally give grace. I'm like, dude, hey, it's been... He needs a couple of days to get... But, like, there are just expectations of... I get it. ...star players on teams that they're going to talk. It's not about just the media. And I think sometimes that gets lost with players and coaches in the league sometimes where it's like, oh, it's a matter to talk to the media. Because, like, you are also talking to the fans. Like, that's how you talk to the fans a lot of times. Sure. And so when you're not feeling that, the team's losing, fans are looking around going, oh, is what's going on? Like, is everything cool? Like, it, okay, he's struggling. How come he's not talking? And then people start getting into their own heads of like, I get oh, it. is he unhappy? Is this? And it's like, Sometimes it's just better to go out and give a short three-minute thing every other game. You I know? agree with I so I completely agree with that. But I'm I'm still going to I I'm just I've learned so much about myself over the years, my boundaries, what I can and cannot do. And I am still learning how to approach certain things like when I do feel a certain way or when someone really pisses me off and not screaming at them or like a drunk person at a game whatever it may be like I am still trying to process how to be the best professional I can be in these situations and I think with him yes Deuce I can sit here right now and absolutely say he should probably do better yeah. but I'm also sitting here saying I don't know what that shit's going on. Sure, so no just, one does. Uh, no just, one does. I understand. So my, then, why? So then, why are we, why are, why are we talking I, about it so much? Then that's my other thing. Are okay. We, why? I, I've already said why. I mean, this is if Morgan. See, and this is the thing. I don't want to because I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. But like, there are expectations that come with being a basketball player in the not NBA on a star player, and this is would be this is a story for people because they're not hearing from him on a regular basis. Now, he did talk to, before, to the media before the game. He talked to Sean Cunningham. I believe Jason Anderson from the B was there too. So he did talk today. But Got my it. point is, if the, LeBron James went almost 12 days without talking sure. to the media, people are going, what is what? going on? Yep. Steph, Steph Curry, Giannis, name a, the best player I on get, the team. So I get all of this, but like I get all of it. And I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I'm not even saying if, if Steph were to do that, I am still, like, as even an NBA fan, I'm sitting back and go, is everything okay? That's just my, I'm not a better person because I ask if they're okay first. It doesn't mean any of those I things. Mean, I, I That's think just my approach on anyone that would be going through the, my approach, I'm sorry, you can call me soft. You can call me weak. I don't give a shit if it's LeBron James or Steph Curry or Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm going, are, are they okay? That's my first and question. that's fine. I mean, I, I think I, I think about the same thing with these guys. I just I, think sometimes okay? the narrative always like always gets pushed. In, in Again, I think the question of this guy is a star. He should be doing this, this, and this. 100% I agree. Stating that right now for anyone that's going to get weird about this, a hundred percent agree. But if they don't, 
I'm also not getting pissed off about it. Like, well, I don't know who's getting pissed off about it. There's so many weirdos out there that get like, and it's like, what? I mean, I'm not getting mad about it, but I, again, it's just, Deuce, you, you are not. It's, it's just part of the job, man. And, you know, it's not the fun part about the job sometimes. It's cringy saying that sometimes. I don't know. Morgan, this is the NBA. I know. Without fans, this league is nothing. I get it. Like, you have to talk. I get it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's right. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I also, I just can't sit here and just, I, I, it's weird. To I'm me. struggling with your thought process on it. I really am. And How I feel come? like we're going in circles because it's just like we can, I think everyone out there who listens to our podcast, every Kings fan goes, I care about De'Aaron. I hope he's okay. But also on the same hand, acknowledged, why isn't he talking? You know, and, and that's, I'm but sorry. I'm there, but I, I've been saying that same exact thing. But I'm also, I am not quite, my care, my care for him talking I feel like, here's my thing. I feel like people want to get angry about things that they can't control at times. And what they can control is them creating some sort of some sort of drama around it where it's like, yeah, it's something. And he should probably be talking, but he's not. And just it doesn't, it doesn't kill me. But here's the other thing to it. Now, if you want to, in your career, be considered a certain tier of player, a certain level of player within your career, you got to do all the hard shit. And sometimes the hard shit is talking when even the hardest shit could be happening behind the scenes in your life. Does yeah. that make sense? Like that's, I, that's I guess, my approach to it. Also, not going to assume that something is going on either. No. But- I mean, that's the reality. And that's the other thing is like, he's... But, but the level of what's hard and what's not to people in in their lives is just, I mean, it's subjective. Yeah. And also, I if he didn't talk tonight, I'm glad. I don't, I, hopefully his first game talking again isn't like after <laughs> you bounce back. I mean, and see, and right there, like that wouldn't be my first thought, but I appreciate the conversation or the thought process around like wait why are you just talking when you finally win a game after a four game losing streak why couldn't you why couldn't you talk during the four game losing streak so i get i get the conversation around it but i also think sometimes there's not by you but by people there's sometimes this weird evil intent that i'm just like i don't think there's an evil intent i think there's people who are just like hey like this is part of the job in the nba and you that's it's not fun all the time, and it's not going to be all great. And here's another reality. Look, if you were trying to do this in a big market, New York, oh. L.A., oh. I mean, you're, it's on ESPN. It's yeah. on ESPN. They're doing it on all the yep. NBA shows. But because it's Sacramento, it, it's going to fly. It, you have an easier media market. That's just the reality of the situation. So, like, for me, just go out there, do your three minutes, Dude, Sabonis at practice, he talks for two and a half minutes. I get it. He's short. Keegan talked for two and a half minutes the other day, but no one felt like, oh, there was anything wrong or anything. Just doing that squashes a lot. And I think that's my biggest thing. It's like people go, oh, he's not showing up for this. And then it turns into a thing and it shouldn't be a thing. And now I'm wasted way too much time on a podcast talking about it. I actually regret even bringing it up. 
That's fine. One of my favorite things was talking about it with an MVP, a three-time champ in Chelsea Gray, who is a current basketball player that is playing at the highest level. And her saying what she had to say, I was like, interesting. Yeah. Very, it was just... Did you say... Hey, Chelsea, did you go seven games uh, over a 12-day span without talking? Because, again, it's different skipping one or two. And then two. I said, suck yeah, it up yeah. and no, get okay. on the show okay. and talk about it with me. No. But it was, again, it's just, I, there's only so many professional athletes in this world that will ever understand that level of, like, whatever that they're feeling. And... Not to say that we can't get some sort of understanding about it, but we will never be able to truly understand what a professional athlete feels in some of these times. Like, if you really want to, like, for here's a quick example. A lot of people don't understand when there is creepy drunk man to the corner and I have to finish up a post-game show, and in my head, I'm thinking, is creepy man in the corner going to jump over the barrier to try and attack me? But I have to focus on what I'm trying to say about basketball, and then I have friend come up to me after, and is like all cool and happy, and I'm like, hey, I'm anxiety-driven right now. I gotta go, and I have to keep my periff on creepy drunk man and sneak out while security helps me. Like, there's things that people, like, are not going to ever feel that even. They're just never going to feel that. There's a lot of men that will never feel that feeling. My point is there's just certain things that we won't understand. But, yes, I'm not saying that you're wrong. And I think it's a very interesting conversation. (laughs) I do. I don't think it's that interesting. I do. No, I really do. Because this is something that has been talked about with a lot of different teams. And you're right. In bigger markets, it's like, oh, nice try. That doesn't fly. And in here, I'm not giving him a pass or even justifying it. I'm just saying where my heart is with it, with players in the NBA, whether I'm wrong or right. Yeah. I I also, um, yeah, I, if I was an athlete, I'd probably be a dick to the media, to be honest. I think you would be. Because I just think. An asshole and a half. 99% of the questions are lame. But Right. It's do, how about do your job the right way? Why do you think I hate Mm. asking questions? Because I don't feel like some of my questions are even good enough to ask in some of these moments. Truly. It's like, are you prepared for, are you just trying to throw some bullshit at me because you're trying to get some sound? You want me to work harder to make your job easier. We should get the final thoughts. Want to get some final thoughts tonight? Yeah. What do you have? Final thoughts. Well, I did have my final thoughts and it was thinking everybody... That's right, and I brought it up. What a freaking mistake. Uh, Let's do my final thought. Um, (laughs) Okay, here's my final thought tonight. I know we're all excited about trade rumors. Oh. I check every day. Hey, what's going on? I'm ready for some juicy nugget. But now more than ever, we are seeing the most bizarre trade rumors ever. And it's by sources that aren't really sources. So this time of year, unless it's from Adrian Wojnarowski, mm. unless it's from Shams who's saying close to happening, or a Sam Amick, or Mark Stein, Chris Haynes, if the, it's in advanced talks, go ahead and tag me in it. 
go ahead and talk about it. But if it's from Joe Random Guy who paid for verification on X and he is just posting some article and he's got 300 followers, you don't have to be act like it's a real thing. We don't have to do this. Every year, it seems like it gets worse and worse. And now, because all these people are trying to get engagement out there, they're trying to get clicks, they will put the most random shit out there. And it doesn't even make sense. Be like, well, the Kings are looking for this type of player. Um, people expect them to look at these names. Who, who are these people? I just sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Who are these people? Like, this is just so random to me. So I understand people, you NBA fans, are so thirsty to get some new juicy rumor out there. Just be patient. And let me caution you on this. Most deals, most trades don't happen until deadline day. If you go back and look at last year's, so most of them had deadline day. Yeah. They, they happen the day or the day of the trade deadline. So as you wake up every day and expecting some big thing to happen, it's probably unlikely. And if it does happen, just be surprised. Adjust your expectations. Be patient. Trade deadline's coming. Enjoy. I like that final thought. Thank you. Straight to the point. Well, I appreciate you guys so much for being here and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Make sure you drop comments below. Also, make sure you join us again when we are live Thursday night. Fallen Kings. Warriors. Let's go. It's a big one. Kings Warriors in San Francisco. Can't wait for that. We'll be live after the game. And of course, if anything breaks, we'll be live too to break it all down. We love you guys so much, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.